Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. So School of the Supernatural and uh, one of the foundational aspects of the believer being supernatural is that you have a supernatural language. You can pray in tongues. Amen. And if you don't pray in tongues yet, then just start praying now. Okay. So I just want to just for a few minutes just to prepare our hearts. Really just want the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So let's open our hands and uh, let's pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray yet in tongues, just focus on Jesus. Just pray praise or thanksgiving. And let's just uh, receive what God wants to do in us today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for our heavenly languages, God. Heavenly languages, God. Thank you, God, that sometimes when we pray in the Spirit, we're actually praying supernaturally in human languages. Agreeing with heaven, Lord, the perfect prayer that empowers, that releases the will of God into the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord, right now, right now, right now, a release of life a release of life. Thank you, Lord, for an unlocking of faith, God. Thank you for all that you are doing, Lord God. Continue, Lord, this morning. Continue, continue, continue. In the name of Jesus. Let it be, Lord God. Let it be. Let your kingdom come, God. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Kordamashe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We just release the will of God right now. We release the will of God. Lord, we come to receive our inheritance in the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Today is a day of healing. God, thank you that today is a great day for miracles. Today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, just declare this. Just say this with me. Say, I am called to be supernatural. I am called to live a supernatural lifestyle. God, unlock all the gifts of the Spirit. Our full inheritance in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Come on, Lord, we honor you. We worship you, God. We celebrate you in this place. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may take your seats. Okay, so I want to storm through a few things this morning. The theology of healing. I think last night was absolutely epic. I was... Uh, Yo, the word Hank shared was incredible. I was just like, praise God. I'm not the only crazy person. Somebody else feels the same as I do. I could just wanted to shout, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. See, that's why you need to partner with somebody. Because it sometimes works like that. You know, the pastor says the same thing every week. And then somebody else comes and they say the same thing. And then people get it. Praise God. So <laughs> partnership is beautiful. And so my wife was very, very shocked last night. 
because she's like for years been saying, when I pray for people, they don't fall over. Now she's like, I don't know what's happening, but everybody's falling over when I pray for them. I just touch their head and they fall. Upgrades, 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 upgrades in the spirit. And it's not about the external. It's not about necessarily the falling. It is about having an encounter with Jesus. And it can just be on the inside. It doesn't need to be external. It can just be on the inside. Your life can be rocked. Now, I'm just reading, just going through prophetic words the Lord has given me. And he, he said to me, Andre, give my people a God encounter. Give my, I've called you to give my people a God encounter. We need it. You are changed, as Hank said. We are changed when we have that God encounter. Fear leaves, boldness comes. Our hearts are restored. We are changed. Amen. So come on, say it. I'm ready for a God encounter. Amen. So the question I want to ask is, could we experience biblical proportions of miracles and signs and wonders today? Could we? Could we? So is, is, is the Bible simply a history book to you? Or do you relate to the Scriptures as an invitation into the more? Because there's so many people that read the Scriptures from a poverty mentality. We read it and we see what we don't have or what was. And then they want to fight with you when you believe it. <laughs> and you say, hey, I actually believe it's for today. And I believe God is calling us into this higher invitation. Okay, so there's quite a few notes that you'll see in the, in that, in the Bible, in the Version Bible app. There's going to be quite a few notes and some of the quotes and things. But so good theology should move us beyond a theory into becoming our reality. Good theology will lead us into a greater experience of God. And the opposite's also true. Bad theology will keep us from experiencing the fullness of God. So I'm going to attack some, some bad theology this morning. Because we all have some bad theology. If you've been in the, in the church world for a little bit, you've, you've probably adopted some bad theology. Okay, so I want to help us to, to break out of that and, and spirits of unbelief and anything that's not of God to set us free. So... Many Christians have, 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 have sort of, um, they've got opinions about healing and they've got opinions about the miraculous and that's fine. But to who should we go to receive our theology when it comes to miraculous physical healing? To who should we go to? to who should we trust when it comes to this topic so will you go to the, say, let's say you've got a brain problem and you need brain surgery. Will you go to the brain surgeon who studied a lot for years, a PhD in sorting out brain, brains, but he has never done any brain surgery? Or will you go to the guy who's done hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of successful operations to get people's brains sorted. Which one are you going to trust for your, for, your, for your surgery? The practitioner. The practitioner. So a lot of people have opinions, but not all opinions are valid. I will listen to the guy who's walked in it, who has experienced it. 
So I want to encourage you, whenever you talk to anybody about the theology of the supernatural or, or, or you listen to people on YouTube or you read a book, ask this question. If you can personally ask them, ask the question. Have you ever prayed for anybody that's been physically healed miraculously through prayer? Have you? No? Then be quiet. In this area, you should be quiet. Rather go to the practitioner. And so that's what, what, what I needed to do. You know, that, 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 the, the guys across the world that have been walking in the, the, the power of God. And, and I went to the practitioners. I was like, not who talks about it, who walks it? Who walks in the power of God? And I go, okay, teach me. <laughs> teach me. And if I'm close, pray for me that I can receive an impartation. As we spoke about last night, we need that. So we, we, we you know, in the, in the Western Christianity, there's so much academic theology. And theology was never meant just to be a theory. It's supposed to be our reality. The, good theology leads us into an experience of God. Okay, so I want to I talk to you about four kinds of, uh, of theological camps, four, four schools in the sense that I, I sort of um, sum it up with. And you can sort of position yourself on one of those, on that scale from little faith to a whole lot of faith. And, and also I want to encourage you guys that, you know, testimonies are powerful. I have just found the power of when, when I hear someone's story of what Jesus did for them, it stirs my faith. It stirs one's faith, you know, so we need to share stories. And whenever Hank or I or anybody else shares a testimony, I want you to, to listen with the heart of faith and say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. So over the last week or two, I've just been reading through testimonies from the last five, six, seven years, just stories upon stories. But when, you know, when we travel, we go places and here in East London as well. And I just kind of went back to it. I reminded myself, yes, Lord, that's what you did there. Yes, Lord, that's when you did. And it, it does, it stirs faith in us. And you need faith if you want to see the miraculous. You need faith if you want to see God show up in our midst. So in 2018, we were in Somerset West, and, and it was just amazing some of the things that, that happened. The, the one lady, M Marinda, shared this story. It was beautiful. Um, I think she was in her 40s at the time. And she says, 30 years ago, she was in a car accident. Her leg was broken, I think like the top, yeah, in the middle of the, above the knee and the, and the hip. The leg was broken. And uh, it was a significant break, and she had pain in her back and ankle since then. The one leg was also shorter because of the, the break in the leg. And so we prayed for healing. And she said that as we were praying for her and for a whole lot of people to be healed in Jesus' name, she said the next moment right there on that scar, she felt heat. She felt the fire of God burning into that scar, into that spot on her leg. And she says the next moment, all the pain in the back was gone. All the pain in the ankle was gone. And it seems like her legs were the same length. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give Jesus praise for that. Come on, say it. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. I want to stir your faith. I tell you, just faith. Just faith. And you're going to see God move mightily. Okay, so four camps. First camp. They say... 
miracles have ceased. There's now Christian camps. Some Christians sincerely believe that miracles ended with the apostles at the end of the book of Acts. They believe that healing miracles were only needed to launch the original church, but now that we have the Bible, we no longer need miracles. Now, if we just sort of, sort of, sort of look at our world currently, do you think we need the power of God more than ever before? <laughs> I mean, come on. The darkness is worse than ever. There's a whole lot more people on the planet, and God wants to reach them. We need the power of God more than ever. And I believe that at least two reasons why people embrace this position. Reason number one is that's what they have been taught. That's their church tradition. There's so many things that we believe because it's our church tradition. It's not necessarily biblical. So we need to evaluate. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And is it really, really biblical? Number two, the reason people believe that, you know, miracles died out with the original apostles is because they haven't experienced the miraculous themselves. In other words, just one genuine miracle and we'll shift you out of that unbelieving position. Just one genuine miracle and it will shift it. And because people don't see it and because they don't see it in their church environments, they just assume, well, miracles are no longer for today. If you take a new believer right now, someone who just came to Jesus, you give them the New Testament and say, well, just read it. They will never come to the conclusion that miracles have ended. They will never come to that conclusion. It's only external unbelieving theology that's added that would lead somebody to that conclusion. So don't receive unbelieving theology. So the first group tends to forget that God has always healed all through Scripture from the beginning. He is the great physician and He changes not. Even in Exodus, He said, I am the Lord who heals you. And he changes not. So it's not going to die out of the original apostles. Amen. Come on, say it. I am the Lord who heals you. Amen. That is, that is his heart. That is who he is. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. Second grouping. They say when somebody is healed or when there's a miracle, it's a sovereign work of God and we have nothing to do with it. The second group believes that God can still heal, but it's always a sovereign work of God. We have nothing or very little to do with it. They believe that our prayers don't play a role in bringing about healing miracles. So they would say, yes, we can ask God to heal, but it's 100% Him. It's sovereign. They believe that our level of faith has nothing to do with someone's healing. So if someone isn't healed, then this assumption is made that it's not the will of God for someone to be healed. So how do we normally pray for the sick? From a distance, God, we ask that you would touch Sister Susie, <laughs> that you would have mercy on her. And then we would pray, Lord, we ask that you would lead, guide the physician's hands, which isn't a bad prayer. That's fine. We pray for doctors to be effective in, in what they are doing. We we, we celebrate doctors and the work that they do. Nothing wrong with that. But how about asking the heavenly surgeon, the one who says, I'm the Lord who heals you, to come and touch somebody. So yes, we can ask. We can say, God, we welcome your healing anointing. Yeah, God, we welcome Christ the healer here now. Ask, but with an expectation. I always think it's like we pray 
And then we slowly walk away because we know it didn't work. Didn't work. We're not even going to ask. We're not even going to ask because we know nothing happened. Eh? Then we have no expectation that Jesus is going to show up right now. And real faith believes that God's going to show up right now. Right now. Tonight, I'm going to share about now faith. Now, the kingdom now. Now. That's where real faith manifests. So let's ask the heavenly surgeon to come. So the second group has not discovered or they have forgotten that God has delegated authority to his sons and daughters. So in the name of Jesus, we not only ask God to heal, we command healing in Jesus' name. He delegates. So yes, one, you could ask, but it needs to move to commanding. It needs to move to releasing the, the authority that Jesus, that God has given to us. And so Jesus declared the sick heal. There's a few examples where he said, he simply made declarations such as, be healed of your affliction. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Your faith has made you well. Likewise, he cast out demons and they immediately fled. Jesus walked in the full anointing and authority that was imparted to him from the Father through the Holy Spirit. And he gave you and me an example of how we should live. To just come on, just to speak. And it, I tell you, when you experience that, it, will, it, will, it revolutionizes your life. But now the question is, how can you and I command if we are unsure about the will of God? Because some people say, but you can't know. You can't know if it's God's will to heal somebody. But the truth is this. The power of God can only be claimed where the will of God is known. The power of God can only be claimed where the will of God is known. So then the question is, but what then is the will of God? Do we see in the life of Jesus a revealing of the will of the Father? I believe we do. We see in the life of Jesus that he went around healing, delivering. Do you have any example in the scriptures where someone came to Jesus and said, Lord, please heal me? And he said, no. Any example? Any example? There's not one example in the scriptures where someone begged or asked Jesus to heal them or to set them free from demonic stuff. And Jesus said, well, sorry, not today. Didn't feel like it. No. He was moved with compassion and he revealed for us the will of God. The will of God is to heal. The will of God is to set free. For some reason, we're not, we, we, we're not unsure when it comes to forgiveness. We like, we believe God will forgive sins. He wants, he desires to forgive sins. Doesn't matter how bad those sins are. But for some reason, when it comes to physical healing, we get confused about the will of God. And we pray, and if nothing happens, we assume that probably not God's will. Maybe God wants to teach me something. Maybe God is cursing me. Maybe God is punishing me. I don't see that in Jesus. Go read it again. Go read the Gospels. He had compassion. He raised the dead. He set people free. And, I, and, and as Jesus said, he came to reveal the Father and he came to reveal the will of God for us. 
And I love this statement that F.F. F. Bosworth spoke of, but he, he said that when Jesus died at the cross, he died as a, a whole person. When he died, of course, he died as a man with a soul, a spirit, and a body as to redeem the whole man in soul, spirit, and body. Jesus didn't hang on the cross cross as spirit being, just redeeming the spirit. He hung on the cross to redeem the whole man, to redeem your spirit, to redeem your mind, to give you mental health, to heal your heart, and to heal your physical body. That's what he died for. He redeemed the whole man. So Matthew 8 verse 16 It says here, that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. I like that. No struggle, no battle. Come on, say simple command. Simple command. And he healed all. 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 Come on, say all. All. You need to get this. All. All, all the sick. You see, the, pro- the, the, the problem is not with the will of God. The problem is not with was the sacrifice of Christ on the cross sufficient. It was. It was an overpayment for sin and disease, for everything. Overpayment. It was sufficient. The challenge is on our side to up our faith and to create an environment with a pr- environment where the presence and the power of God can function as he wants to. But unbelieving theology and unbelief, the spirit of unbelief, resist the spirit of God to come. So we need to get that out of our lives. Come on, say out in Jesus' name. Come on, say unbelief out in Jesus' name. Amen. And then verse 17, it says, This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. And was pointing to the cross where He would take it all upon Himself. Jesus Christ took all your sicknesses, all your disease, all your cancer, all your stuff upon Himself. So why are you going to hold on to it? He's already taken it upon Himself. He took it. He's paid for it. So stop holding on to it. Let it go. (laughs) Come on, say it. I'm letting go of all my stuff. Amen. Amen. Jesus healed all. And so one of the most profound testimonies that that I've experienced in East London was uh, in around 2015 or so, a a, a master's degree student, his name was Abraham of Bram. (laughs) And he was studying his master's degree and uh, he, he fell off a ladder when he was a teenager and he had significant back problems since then. Couldn't function at all. So he has gone to every possible medical thing. He's had operations to reduce the pain. He's gone to physios and chiropractors and surgeons and he's tried everything and he still has significant pain in his back. And he couldn't function. The only way he could function was lying in bed. <laughs> And he had his laptop on a little table and he was studying like that. That was the only way he could sort of have something to function. And so he was in bed for about five, six months at the time. Just like he couldn't function. He was married and marriage was struggling because he just couldn't function. 
And so my heart went out to him and, and me and one of the elders went to him and uh, went to pray for him for healing. And, 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 and so I was standing and praying for him. I put my hand on his back and just praying that Jesus would come, that the presence of God would come and touch him and heal him. And as I was praying, I was just like, I'm not feeling anything, not the presence of God. I'm just feeling, yo, there's a lot of unbelief right here. And I don't, you know, we don't accuse people like, oh, you don't have faith. That's why Jesus is not healing. You know, we don't do that. Your faith could be sufficient at times to just see somebody heal. But as I was praying for him, I realized, man, you need, you need, you really need uh, <laughs> to up your faith a little bit. So I told him, read this book, Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth. It's just the theology about healing. And people actually get healed just reading the book. So I told him, read the book next week or two weeks. I'm going to come back. We're going to pray for you again. And so a week later, he told me, don't come back. <laughs> I don't have faith. You know, he's so he's he, he just a very intellectual guy. And, he, and you know, when you have pain in your own body, it just tends to kill your faith. So about two months go by, and he read the book, Christ the Healer. And he said that in the one evening, he was in bed watching testimonies on YouTube of people getting healed. And he says something just shifted. He said, like, I suddenly had a revelation that it is the will of God to heal me. Amen. And so he closed his eyes and he just said, Father, I thank you that it is your will to heal me. And then when he finished the prayer, he was healed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Something happened when faith was unlocked. The next day, he pushed started a car who couldn't get started. Years later, he is still healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is the connection with God's power. The will of God is not the problem. You need a revelation that it is his will to heal you and through you. You need to believe it. Let faith be unlocked in you. I mean, we've been in so many meetings where Jesus shows up in such a beautiful way that it seems like everybody's getting healed. As I said, in Cambridge location, we ran out of sick people. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. So what if we could create an environment of faith and the anointing where all things become possible? All things, whatever is needed, the great I am comes and he does it. He does it. So one of the most life-changing moments in my life was uh, when we were in Brazil in Manaus. It was a Sunday meeting. It was a large church. And there were three back-to-back -back services. And uh, I ne I've never experienced the praise and the power of God in such a beautiful way. But uh, my translator said to me, Andre, um, let's make two lines. You've got two hands. One hand here, one hand there. Two lines, because one line's taking too long. It's a church of thousands of people. So we made two lines. I think that's a brilliant idea. So, because you see, it's the presence of the Lord that heals. And we are conduits of these rivers of living waters, even as Hank spoke like rivers of living waters that flow through us. So that evening was just incredible. So we just hear what's wrong. They would share with us what's wrong. And I would lay a hand on them. And then while I'm laying a hand on this one and, and praying for healing, my hand would be on the other one as well. And within 30 seconds, 
of commanding uh, a cyst. I remember one lady, she had a very, very large cyst on her breast, and she, I'd ask her, check, is it there? Yes, prayed for her. 30 seconds later, I said, check, and she's like, it's gone, and the tears just started to, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then I prayed for more than 40 people personally that were physically healed, 40. <laughs> Amen. God is powerful. God is amazing. And I know it's not me because there are the times when the Lord, praise God, just redraws His presence and you like praying, there's nothing, headache, not going, not going. Because <laughs> it's just Jesus. It's only Him. It's Him. But I, the will of God is not the problem. We need to carry His presence. Surrender our being unto Him. Create an environment like this weekend. Wow, this is amazing. God is going to heal today. I just know it. I just know it. He is here and He is good. Amen. So there's one lady that we prayed for in, also in Brazil. It was so, so special. Um, she, I think for about 10, more than 10 years, I think she's in her 30s, and she, for more than 10 years, she couldn't see really. She could see, but only a blur, just a blur, but very, very bad sight. Major eye problem. She couldn't function. And uh, she responded on the altar call. Somebody prayed for her. She felt a little bit, that her sight is a little bit better. And I was like, ah, that's not a good enough testimony. <laughs> we need the 100%. We need the whole deal because that's what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't do half a job. So prayed for her, just laid my hand on her. Power of God came upon her. She fell to the floor. And I remember just standing over her and just saying, healed in Jesus' name. See in Jesus' name. Just Speaking in the name of the Lord, delegated authority. Next moment, she opened her eyes and she could see clearly, clearly. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. He heals. He heals. But you need to, you need to, you need to command in Jesus' name. And you need to agree with the will of God. You need this revelation. It is the will of God for me to be healed. You need to believe it. You need to believe it isn't the will of God for you to remain depressed or to struggle with this. It doesn't matter, small or big. It's not the will of God for you. He wants to touch you. Okay, third group. Basically says, healing is rare. God can, but it doesn't heal often. And this is sort of where the most charismatic churches will find. This is where I was. Healing is rare. God can, but He doesn't do it often. And so this, 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 this group believe that healing is only for special Christians who have the gift of healing. So the rest of us should not expect healing to happen through our prayers. So I've been seeing this in our church group, in our church families. I've been sharing about healing and sharing stories that God is doing. And that's exactly what pastors are telling me. It's like, Andre, you have a special gift, but it's not for us. I'm like, you're missing it. Because <laughs> I didn't have it before 2012. So if I can catch it, you can catch it. Amen. And yes, ultimately there will be differing degrees of this, but healing through the believers for everyone in the scriptures confirm that. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Come on, say these signs will follow those who believe. So the qualifying factor is belief. The whosoever, it's available to the whosoever. It's not to the elite or the special. The apostles were nobodies, fishermen, uneducated. 
Losers, hallelujah. Until Jesus chose them and Jesus raised them up. So I think we all qualify, don't we? Amen. But these signs will follow those who believe. Just unlock faith. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Come on, say, will recover. They will recover. They will recover. That we, the believers, will, we will lay, we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let's no longer be unbelieving believers. And there is nothing too big or too, too bad for Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. It's not like God says, oh, headache, man. Yeah, I can do that. Like, Ooh, I don't know about that. That's a bit too bad. It's nothing for the creator of the universe. Amen. So the Lord is giving us promises as an invitation. And the evidence of our faith is that they healed. It's evidence that faith is not present. And the presence of God is present. So if we pray for someone and they're not healed, it's just an invitation to grow. It's just an invitation to grow. You know how many hours I've prayed for people? <laughs> Hundreds. And hundreds of hours. Because I know if this one's not getting healed, the next one is. Every time I'm praying, it's like even last night, we're just praying for, for Dorian a little bit later. Like, I mean, I just, I just feel like this is a revival weekend. And we must go after late. We must pray late. Can't go home early. But I love just laying hands on people and just praying and praying and praying. I don't stop first time. It's called the pit bull anointing. You pray again. And you pray again. And you pray again. And you pray again. And you pray again. Because as you pray, it's like it unlocks the anointing. It unlocks. So I'm just, okay, God, more. So if you pray for somebody, they're not getting healed yet, then you pray again. And you pray again. I normally pray at least three times. But, but step out and allow these rivers of anointing to begin to flow through you. So I experienced the first time in India in 2013. I haven't been moving in the, in, the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Haven't seen people healed. In 2012, we saw four people healed. Sonica was the one. 26 years of psoriasis healed. It was amazing. But I was terrified going to India. I was like, oh my goodness, 300 million demons in India. Like my number of gods. I was so intimidated. I was like, Does, can Jesus work in India also? I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> and so we had these meetings. And I remember this. It was the first time I experienced it. So the people queue. And so India is a lot of people. So uh, they're queuing. And, and so now I'm just praying for the presence of God to come. And it's the first time I experienced a tingling on my toes. I felt like, oh, there's something happening on my toes. There's an anointing on my toes. And when I feel the anointing on my toes, they get healed. And when I don't feel it, they don't get healed. And when I feel it, they get healed. And so people were just getting healed. It was beautiful. And so I asked the Lord later, God, what is this? And I just felt like, yo, oh, you are now officially toe deep in the spirit. <laughs> so there's more. There is more. Come on, say it. There is more. 
There is more. There's a river of the Spirit, and God wants you to come and stand in the river. Go deeper, not just ankle deep, not just knee deep. Go deeper in the Spirit until you are soaked in His presence and His glory, and it's just Him flooding through you. I love it. It's the highlight of my life. Sonica wants to apologize when people fall over. I'm like, yes. <laughs> that pastoral anointing. But I tell you, I'm like, when, when, when praying for people and you're standing in the presence of the glory of the living God, it's nothing like it. It's just in Him. Guys, it's available to all of us. So when you pray, you're going to st stand in His presence. Say, okay, Jesus, let's partner. I know it's your will. Just one touch from Christ. The sickness will go. Amen. In Jesus' name. So pursue that more, the faith and his presence. So I want to just highlight another aspect that we've discovered and you know, what the scriptures speak about. A few things that can sometimes block healing. It's all the roots of sickness. Sometimes there are demonic roots to a disease. Sometimes, not always. We're not call everything a demon, but sometimes there's a, a root, a demonic root. And so I saw this uh, most profoundly when we were in Rio de Janeiro, and we were the team were praying for people. And I was just ro roaming around for the next victim of glory, Hallelujah, and uh, and I saw a little girl that's uh, I think Sandra and some other. Ladies were praying for, and she was six or seven years old. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, a spirit of fear. So I walked over and I said, the spirit of fear. And the mom started to cry the moment I said, spirit of fear. Because then she shared that this girl about three years ago, I think she was in a car accident, something happened. And since then she had tormenting fear, tormenting nightmares and things, a lot of fear. And she had cysts in her stomach area. Cysts. If she would push her fingers in, she would feel the cysts. And they prayed for a nothing change. Then we rebuked the spirit of fear, took authority of the spirit of fear, like a minute or two, and then we commanded healing and said, test again. And she tested again, and, and, and the cysts were gone. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So you need to get something to the root. The root, the root is sometimes, you know, a demonic thing. At times we pray for people and, 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 and they get partially healed. I remember the one time it was... Uh, Praying for a lady, I prayed for about 50% healing or 30% healing of the pain in her arm. And as I was praying for, for, for the full healing, the Lord just said to me, she's angry with her husband, which is normally, normally so. You know, so maybe it wasn't a word of knowledge. Maybe it was just like, I just know. <laughs> You're probably angry at your husband. <laughs> and she was. And so... We just, just led her in a prayer of forgiveness to forgive her husband. We prayed for healing. Next moment, completely healed. So sometimes unforgiveness can be a block. So there's these, sometimes it's hard things. I'm not sure if the Lord is just wanting, I first want to touch the heart and then I'm going to heal the rest. Or sometimes I don't, I'm not sure if it's a block or he just wants to do the whole deal. Um, but so be aware, okay? At the end of the session, which is very soon, we're going to be praying for one another for healing. Are you ready? Amen. So there's a, the scriptures are an invitation. We need to seek. We, we command it in the scripture to desire spiritual gifts. Do you actively desire and pursue spiritual gifts? Well, if you hear this, we can probably yes. So well done. 
But, but, but bringing healing to people is a command. It's not a suggestion from Jesus. He said, go heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. It's a command. And if it's a command, then he's going to give us the grace to do it. And I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, even if we're terrible at it, let's obey Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Let's just obey Jesus. So here, two, two keys that you could sort of summarize. Acts 6 verse 8. It says, and Stephen. Now, do you know who Stephen is or was? He was a deacon full of faith and power. And he did great wonders and signs among the people. Full of faith and power. Full of faith and the presence. Two, those two aspects, faith and power, faith and presence. Full, come on, say full. And the result was they did great wonders and signs among the people. Now we will know that we are back to biblical proportions when the deacons, the life group facilitators, those who just serve in church, when they walk in great wonders and signs. Amen. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Yes, the measure will depend on how much we pursue God. It depends on how much we surrender the Lord to the Lord. But it's for everyone. And I just want to note, just, just, just on a side note, this principle, because sometimes people get confused about this. It is the natural first, then the spiritual. So look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 46. It says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. Okay, so what this means is, in general, do you trust for manna to fall from the sky every day? Otherwise, you're not going to eat. Do you? No, you have a job, you buy food, you eat. Do you trust the ravens to bring you food like they did for, to Elijah? No. In general, that's, that's not the general. In general, there's a natural way of doing things, a natural way of living. In the same way, when it comes to sickness and disease and these kinds of things, if there is a simple medical solution, take it. Take it, unless the Holy Spirit leads you differently. But there's natural ways, the medical profession, we love the doctors, we love the medical professionals, they are of God, they are a gift from God. It's not like God is just, I only give you spiritual things. He gives us all the natural things as well. So use it. It's not unbelief to go to a doctor. It's not unbelief to use medication at times. But we need to be led by the Spirit. If the Lord says to you, don't do a medical thing, fine. But when the medical things are no longer helping or you still have pain, then absolutely God all the way. Jesus all the way, you know. So I just don't want us to be confused about that. Because sometimes we become super spiritual and we like... It's a sin and unbelief to go to the doctor. No, it's not. So we love the doctors. We receive from the doctors. Also, don't curse the doctor if he gives you a diagnosis. Like, you devil from hell, how dare you say? No, he's just giving you, he's just giving you the facts so that we can all celebrate the testimony when Jesus heals you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so you don't need to accept the, what the doctor is saying. If he says you've got six months to live, you can say, well, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to accept what Jesus says about me in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, the, the natural first, then the spiritual. So if there's a, something, you know, I don't want to put on my faith for every little thing. I want to see the kingdom of God come, souls be saved, and, and Jesus changing cities and nations. So I don't want to fight about every little thing. Now I have to put all my faith in my headache. You know, whatever, you know. But if the Lord says, you know, I love how um, Kenneth Hagen, you know, he was in his 80s and he was on, when he was 16 years old, he was dying. 
as a teenager and God miraculously healed him and he, he, he had incredible healing ministry. But he actually said, I listened to an interview when he was in his 80s. He said from that age of 16, he has never, never, never been sick. When a headache comes, he rebukes it in Jesus' name and it goes. So that is available. That is available, you know, but let's be spirit led in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say, Jesus is my healer. <laughs> Amen. Okay, fourth group, last one, quickly. Healing, this is where I, I stand. Healing is part of our inheritance in Christ. In the right environment, the supernatural will become natural. Scripture is an invitation into greater realities of God. And as Heng shared last night, if Jesus lives in us, come on then surely we will see that same Jesus heal and transform lives. So we see that in the book of Acts when faith was present, power was present, and the greater grace was present, a miraculous environment was created where everybody was healed. Acts 5, 16. It says, also a multitude gathered. Now Jesus already ascended. This is the early church, and they created an incredible atmosphere where heaven was basically here. The tangible presence of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven was, was in their midst. It says, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. All healed. In the right atmosphere, everyone gets healed. Everyone gets healed. Everyone gets healed. Everyone gets healed. Why do we need to die one day suffering from cancer and a whole lot of pain in our bodies? Why not just go in your sleep at the age of 115? <sighs> Sonic and I, we're going to do revival meetings in the old age home. I've committed to that. 95 out of that wheelchair in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. So it's an invitation. And it's the power of church community. That's why I'm so blessed that you are here this weekend. There's sufficient numbers of people from this church attending this weekend that we're going to go next level. Amen. 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 It's going to be. So I want all that Jesus paid for. If he paid for our sins, then I want that payment. If he paid for the sicknesses, I want to experience that in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 2 verse 24, it says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin. Dead to sin, flushed out of our system, gone. And live to righteousness. And then by His wounds, you have been healed. Have been healed. He's already paid for it. He's already purchased it. You have a healing coming to you and your, your name's on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Just believe it. Receive it by faith. And we're going to run out of sick people here in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And you know, normally when you have to go see a physician, you have to pay for it. Eh? You have to pay a few hundred. And if they're specialists, you're like, we'll really have to pay for it. So I have good news for you. Jesus already paid for the heavenly physician to heal you. He's already paid for you to have an appointment with a living God here today. 
In the name of Jesus. It's paid, you receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for paying for my healing. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to, I want here's a, here's a prayer I want us to read together. It's a prayer of forgiveness and renunciation of unbelieving theology. I'm going to read it for us before we read it together. It says, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for allowing the leaven of the Pharisees, unbelieving theology. Because the, the Pharisees were all about resisting the power of God. Unbelieving theology to infect my heart and mind. I renounce every unbelief and every unbelieving theology in Jesus' name. I believe that it is your will to heal me and through me in Jesus' name. I receive an impartation of grace to believe for healing. I am full of faith and power in Jesus' name. It is your will to heal. Amen. Can we pray, can we pray that together? Hallelujah. Praise God. Maybe let's stand for this. Hallelujah. So God, I thank you, Lord, as we pray this, as we pray this right now, Lord, that every unbelief would leave us. Every spirit of unbelief would be gone. Thank you, Lord, for the atmosphere of heaven to flood in here. So let's read that together from the heart. Say, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for allowing the leaven of the Pharisees unbelieving theology to infect my heart and mind. I renounce every unbelief and every unbelieving theology in Jesus' name. I believe that it is your will to heal me and through me in Jesus' name. I receive an impartation of grace to believe for healing. I am full of faith and power in Jesus' name. It is your will to heal. Hallelujah. It is your will to heal. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so the ABCs of healing prayer. You can quickly take a seat again. I'm just going give to us, give us this, then we are going to pray for people. The ABCs of healing prayer. A, B, C, D. Okay, and you need to focus now because you're going to pray for people. Okay, so the first step is to ask a few questions with a focus on loving the person. There's the interview, trying to get to the roots. Sometimes some traumatic something happened and then that sickness followed. It's often there's something that happened during that time or just before. So you ask a few questions, say, how long have you had this condition? What's wrong? But you don't want all the nitty-gritty detail because it's going to kill your faith. So you want to like, give me a general idea. I don't know how bad it is. Just give me a general idea. But you just want to get to the roots. You want, if there's demonic roots or unforgiveness or trauma, you want to get to those roots. So any block to the healing, physical healing will be removed, but also that hearts be healed. Secondly, you want to be, you want to believe. You want to believe that God is going to heal right now. So as you start praying for them, just to welcome the presence of God. As I said, like my toes tingling, you don't need to feel anything. Eh? Jesus heals even when you don't feel. But you just want to become aware of his presence. God, I thank you that you are here. Thank you for your presence here, Lord, right now. So you need to believe that God is here right now, that he's going to heal. So just, you know, and when you step into the presence of God, then, then, your faith is unlocked. 
So when we were in Somerset West, there was a lady, her name was Sheena, older lady, and uh, she said to the pastor at the start of the healing weekend, like, I really need to get healed by the end of this weekend because on Wednesday, I need to walk to the shop. I can't walk. My husband's away. So I need to be healed by like by Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> so she came to everything. She had a pit bull anointing. She was just like, so on the Saturday she came and we prayed for a power of God touch her, but she wasn't healed yet. I thought she might have broken something when she went down, but she... Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> so she wasn't healed yet. Sunday morning, she came to the healing services. We prayed for her again, and she wasn't healed yet. Monday night, we had a, a leaders' meeting. At the end of the leaders' meeting, she was around 10 o'clock, still curing. Want to be healed. Around 10 o'clock, Jesus shows up. The last five people, he healed all of them. And she was healed, and on Wednesday, she was walking to the shop without pain. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So you don't give up. You push in and you say, pray again, pray again, pray again. So we're going to pray now. We're going to pray later this morning. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray tomorrow morning. We're going to pray until you get healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Push in for that healing. So believe. Don't stop. Don't stop. You know, don't, don't just take. No, let's go deeper. Number three, see, command. Command. Now you start. First you were asking God, welcome, praise God. Now you start commanding. You start declaring, Lord, in Jesus' name be healed. Rebuke the cancer. Command the pain to go. And then after a little bit, you check. I say, Wait, what's happening? What are you feeling? Change in pain levels on zero to 10, 10 being maximum pain. Where was the pain? Where is it now? And sometimes it's like pain levels drop by two points. Yes. Let's continue. God, Holy Spirit, we partner with the Holy Spirit. Lord, what should we do to see the healing come? So you keep on commanding, you pray, and you keep on praying until you feel it's time to stop or until they just get healed. And then you celebrate. And then lastly, direct them to truth. You need to steward your healing. Now, I don't know how and why this works like this, but at times people get healed, and then within the next day or two, it seems like the pain wants to come back. And then at times when people know what to do and they have a revelation of it is the will of God for them to be healed and they know Jesus touched him, they just is now out in Jesus' name, God, be gone. And then that healing remains. We've seen that. So I don't know how it works, but I think the devil wants to steal the testimony. He wants to steal the testimony. So you need to steward your healing. You need to say, well, I am healed. No pain. I am healed. Jesus touched me. I am healed. And then you steward your healing. Okay, so steward your healing. And when you pray for people, also direct them to the truth. Share with them how to steward their healing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.